Don't mind me, I'm getting there. <laughs> well, you know, we're just killing time. We I mean, know how talk, how fast I talk. So. <laughs> uh, so today, today uh, we're going to be talking about the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul around the year 48 A.D., so about 15 years after uh, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, although there was a people group uh, called the Galatians that live in modern-day northern Turkey, it is most likely that Paul is writing to the church that he helped establish in the Roman province of Galatia in modern-day southern Turkey. Uh, he helped form that church on his first missionary journey around the Mediterranean. At the time that the letter is being written, uh, the church in Galatia is in crisis. Shortly after Paul left to continue his mission, uh, other false teachers started coming into Galatia, into the church in Galatia and uh, teaching about uh, circumcision and fall in uh following the law instead of the resurrection. <clears throat> These false teachers' main goal was to grow their own prestige by converting Gentiles to Judaism. Essentially, essentially the more Gentiles that you, can, you could get to circum- circumcise themselves, the more prominent of a teacher you became. And this letter is Paul's plea to the church to trust in the gospel of Jesus and not in the new, the false news of the false teachers. Paul's letter is typically broken down into five parts. Uh, the first, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, is his opening. Uh, chapter 1, 10 through chapter 2 is Paul explaining his career, sharing the gospel. Chapter 3 and 4 are Paul's direct appeal to the Galatians. Five is uh, a life in the spirit and love. And chapter six is Paul's final warning to the Galatians. Today I'm going to be focusing on chapter five. So if you could turn with me to Galatians chapter five. This first verse is going to look familiar to uh, our guys in the men's group. It was one of our memory verses uh, the first week. Galatians chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul has spent the last four chapters explaining to the church that the Old Testament law has been fulfilled. Through, is fulfilled through works, but the New Testament is fulfilled through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say to you that you accept circumcision. Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are served from, severed from Christ, you who, who would be justified by the law. 
you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. This verse stood out to me, so naturally I went to my Greek New Testament to look at it because I'm a nerd. And the last sentence here uh, in Greek is written out, but faith through love be at work. And the the love talking written here is agape love, so the love of God. A lot of the times I've talked to people about this verse and they read it, only faith working through love. With love is the dominance. But I, I think that, or rather, works be being dominant, but I think love is the dominant. Paul is telling us that we need our love to be at work and to do works through love, not trying to achieve salvation through works. Paul is saying if you choose to follow part of the law instead of uh, wholly trusting in Jesus, then you are severed from Christ. But when you put when we put our faith in Christ, the works naturally follow. If you look at Ephesians chapter two, eight through nine, it says, "For grace, but, but for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His, God's workmanship." Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as Christians, yes, we're called to do good works, but God has prepared the works for us. We are not saved by our works. Unfortunately, uh, this, this right here has been a plague on the church since... Paul wrote this letter in Galatia to Galatia 15 years after Christ's death and resurrection. It continues to separate, be the biggest separation amongst the church today. There are churches that teach that when you're baptized, you're saved until you sin. And then through prayers and good works, maybe you can get enough good credit in God's eyes. And when you die, if enough people are praying for you, maybe you can get into heaven. But I don't believe that's the gospel that's taught in the Bible. and That's not what Jesus uh, taught. Personally, uh, I I believe in the five solas. uh, That we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone, according to scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. God is glorified by the work accomplished by Jesus Christ when he came and taught us how to live, how to love God, and how to love each other. And after he lived a sinless life, he was tried and murdered on a cross, bearing the sins of the world, bearing the sins for the Jews and the Gentiles, your sins and my sins. And then when he was dead, he was buried. But on the third day, he walked out of the tomb And he is alive today, sitting at the right hand of God. He did this so that if you put your trust in him, 
you put your whole faith in him, you will have eternal life in paradise with him. That is what Paul's trying to explain to the Galatians. The work is done. Go share the good news. Tell the world what God has done for you. If you have put your whole faith in Jesus Christ, you have been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone, according to the Holy Scripture alone, all for the glory of God alone. When we truly acknowledge this, how can we sit silent? It takes everything in me not to go to people I love and shake them and say, man, if you only knew. Man, if you only knew. But it's, it's a scary thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. But through Christ, all things are possible. <clears throat> I've been called all kinds of things because I'm pretty blunt about my faith. Uh, my favorite is when I talk to someone and they tell me that I can't talk about sin because that's not loving and God is a loving God. Well... I I am a simple person, and because God is a loving God, he sent his son to die for me in my sins. And I'm going to boast in that every day. And I ask them, which, does, which sounds more loving to you? If somebody's walking towards a cliff, and I just sit there and watch them walk off the cliff and don't say anything, or if I stop them and say, hey, look out, there's a cliff up ahead. Which do you think is more loving? I know I couldn't live with myself watching somebody walk off a cliff without warning them. I truly believe God has given each of us different gifts on how to share his love and his word. If you're a believer and you're not sure of your gift yet, please come talk to Frankie or or myself. We'd love to help help prepare you to share the good news. And if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart yet, hey, there's a cliff up ahead. Hear me when I say this. No matter what you've done or where you, what you're doing, you're not too far gone, and it's not too much for Jesus to hold. God loves you. I love you. We all love you. spend way too much time with Frankie. <laughs> I wish words could explain what happens when when you accept Christ. The change in you is just it's unreal. It, it words just don't explain it. Right, and we know you hear that you've been saved.
there for us in the comfort us and I thank you in the powerful name of our Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a really difficult thing. Uh, when Frankie and I met this week, we were talking about everything going on in the Middle East and what we can do about it. And aside from prayer, which is not a little thing, prayer is huge. It is the biggest power that we have as Christians. Uh, but I think the, big, the, the second biggest thing that we need to do is show love to each other. War is... Hatred divides us. And it is so frustrating. Jesus came and taught love. And the world today has a misunderstood understanding of love. I think that the way I understand love is it is a balance of truth and grace. And I understand this from my parents because I was a little turd as a kid, and they still loved me. And they taught me how to be better, <laughs> and they made me who I am today. And their love has led me to where I am. And I don't think that that would have been beneficial if they just let me do what I wanted to do. I had to have guidance. And as Christians, we have our guidance in the Word. And this tells us how we're supposed to live our lives. And it's not always nice and comforting, and it's going to bother us sometimes, but God knows what he's doing. Everything he does is perfect. He's perfect. Amen. Because he's perfect... And because he lived and died for us, we get to come together each week in this place, talk to each other, love with each other, and we get to share a meal together. We get to break bread and have juice and remember the sacrifice that, that Christ made for us, that God gave his only begotten son for us. As we go forward, to, we're going to uh, partake in communion. I ask you, to, while it's passed out, hold on to it while the song plays, and then we'll take it all together after the song. And before we do that, let's be together with God in prayer. God, we thank you for, for your love. To us, it looks reckless and doesn't make any sense to us, God. But to you, it's perfect. You can't do anything wrong. God, we thank you for this time together and for your word. We thank you for the struggles in Galatia that Paul could write to them. And writing to them, he writes to us and helps lead us in our daily lives, God, and draws us closer to you. God, we pray that you, you bless this communion meal that we're about to take. 
And we just lift it up to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.